Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, friends, I hope you had a good week. Hey, I got some updates for you a couple podcasts ago. I mentioned that I was making some decisions and uh, anyway, some things were happening. So I want to update you. I took my youngest son, uh, well, all my kids to their well child check uh, about a month ago. And my youngest son did not pass his autism screening. And something I didn't know is that this is a standard thing now. When you go to the doctor's office that they have a two-year-old autistic screening, just so I guess nobody falls through the cracks or goes undiagnosed if they need it. And so my son is actually delayed. He's two and a half and he is not yet speaking, doesn't really have any words, isn't really making attempts to do it and has some other developmental delays. And so we had a lot of red flags come up in that meeting and it was um, a lot more traumatic for me than I anticipated. I knew it was coming. My husband had mentioned things that he was worried about. And so we knew that there was something up, but it, it just feels different when you're in there and things are playing out. You know, it's playing out in front of you. You can see that it's happening. You hear the worry in the doctor's voice. They're offering, you know, recommending that you need to go get therapy for your son. Anyway, suffice it to say that night, I fell apart again thinking, oh my gosh, am I going down this path again? Is this happening again? And the truth is, is that we really don't know what is happening. All we know is there's delays. So there's no diagnosis. There's, there's only, hey, let's just get in and intervene and, and help out where we can because it's better to do it when they're young. So I did take a little while to grieve and I've gotten really good at the grieving process. And so it was a lot quicker for me this time around than it was for my daughter. And, uh, and I was able to come out on the other side of that ready to take some action. That being the case, I have been looking into a at-home therapy program for my daughter already. And the more that I got into it, the more I learned about it, talked to several parents who have done the program already or are currently in the program. Um, It is a time-intensive program for good reason. And after that appointment with my kids, learning about my son, I decided, you know what, now's the time I'm going to do it for him as well, which doubles the amount of time that I need to invest in doing that. That being the case, I've decided to put my master's degree on hold. And kudos to all of you parents out there who have done that. I've read many of your blogs that have done the same thing. Um, Many of you in your master's and in your PhD program set it aside to come home and to help your kids. And I respect you a lot for that. It was a difficult and no-brainer decision. I don't know if that makes any sense to those of you who have done it. It does because it's saying goodbye to something that you want, something you're working hard for. And at the same time, you would do anything for your kids. And so it feels like a no-brainer. Like my kids will keep growing. They will keep developing. That degree is still going to be there. I can go back. I can get it. Um, But right now, I got to be here for my kids and that's what I'm going to do. So, so a lot of things are shifting around here for me. Um, I've wrapped things up at school. I will be uh, starting the program here with my kids uh, end of April and I am doing prep work for it now. And so I'll keep you updated and see how it goes. So that's, that's kind of the update for me, for my kids. Um, 
I, although neither of my kids have a diagnosis, technically I feel like I am now officially the mother of two children that have significant delays and needs that need to be addressed. So there we go. I've joined the club. All right. So today I want to dive into how to feel better. This is an awesome topic. I'm really excited to share with you what I've learned from my coaches and my therapists and research I've done and my personal experience with this. And I'm excited because I know it's something that can work for you if you dive in and apply yourself and do the work, right? It takes effort to feel intentionally and it takes effort to feel better when habitually you don't, which our brains are programmed to find problems, to be skeptical, to be critical in order to stay alive in the day and age that we live, though, it ends up uh, really putting us in a lot of unnecessary suffering. So let's dive in. All right, I'm going to go through a couple of key points about emotions and feeling and life and circumstances in general, okay? So the first key is you've got to, and I want you to think about like a specific experience in your life, or I'm going to give one later on. You can use that one if you want. But um, if you're thinking about a specific circumstance or situation in your life, the first thing to do when you're trying to feel better about the situation is to separate out the circumstances from your thoughts and your feelings. They're not one and the same. Circumstances um, do not make us feel things, right? Otherwise, everybody would feel the exact same thing when they're in the exact same circumstance or exposed to it. And that's just not how it works. Okay. So separate those out. First key point. Second key point, all the circumstances in the world are neutral. Let's take an extreme example just for a minute. 9-11, neutral. Plane crashing into building. That's neutral. All the narratives we have about it are what create the feelings that we have. And how can I say something like that? Because that was a devastating experience, okay? But the people that wanted to crash the airplanes into the buildings, that wanted to make that terrorist attack, it was a triumphal day for them, not for us. And I think that's something that we need to consider when we're looking at the circumstances in our lives is that one thing can happen and everybody can have their own opinion about it. Okay. I'm also not saying that every single circumstance that you look at just because it's neutral, that you should come out on the other side thinking happy thoughts about it and being glad about it. I want to feel devastated about 9-11. I think it was an awful thing that happened. Okay, It hurt my country, the country I love, the people that were there, the families that it affected it was devastating. I want to feel those things about it because that's what I think about it. But I also know that there are people in the world that don't feel that way about it. So it makes what happened, okay, a neutral thing. And you want to separate that out. So if you're looking, actually, I'm going to go to the next key point and we'll get to the example in a minute. Okay, a next key thing when you're trying to manage your emotions or to feel better is that all of your emotional problems are a result of your thinking, okay, the result of the narrative that you have about something that happened in your life. Once you've come to understand these key points, 
Canal review. Key one, separate out the circumstances from your thoughts and feelings. Key two, all of our circumstances are neutral. Key three, all of our emotional problems are a result of our thinking. Okay, from here, you're going to map out your experience or the situation into five separate categories. And this is a tool that I got from my coach, Brooke Castillo, and I found it to be very effective in helping me get out of the huge depressive episode that I was experiencing uh, several years ago with my daughter, Elizabeth. Okay, she calls it the model. And you take your situation and you separate it out into your circumstances, your thoughts about the circumstance, how you feel as an effect of your thinking, or you could say how you feel about the circumstance, how you act when you feel that way, and then the results you create with your actions. So the five separate categories are your circumstance, thoughts, feelings, actions, the results. Okay, so you're going to take your situation and separate it out in that. Now, when you do this exercise, it's kind of like separating out mathematically or logically what's going on for you and why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Okay, I find it very useful. What this shows is that our thinking directly affects the results that we create in our lives. And I like to step into this role of the creator of the results in my life because this is what gives you ownership and power to change what's happening in your life. Now, there are circumstances in your life that cannot change or do not change because that's not your choice, like other people and their behaviors, okay, outside of our realm of control. However, you do have control to change the way that you experience that person. You do have the control to change the way you interpret what's going on. I also want to point out that when you're experiencing immense negativity, it's not all your fault, meaning your brain, like I mentioned earlier, is designed to look for problems, okay? But your job is to filter what narratives the brain offers you, okay? Because your brain's going to offer you narratives as in, we're going to die, we need to go back in the cave, this is, this is too hard. This is unfair. Why me? These tend to be more universal narratives that people experience and that come up often. Okay. This is the brain going, Hey, let's, this is a problem. Let's solve this problem. Okay. Or easier. Let's have someone else solve this problem because it's their fault anyway. Okay. Those are default narratives that our brain offers us a lot of the time. So you don't need to beat yourself up for that, but your job now is to filter that narrative, okay? To change that narrative because you can. Okay, so let's have an example. I'm gonna read to you a little example that I took and then we're gonna go ahead and break it down and put it into the slots. You have a child with disability. You feel trapped due to the probability that you could be their full-time caretaker for the rest of your life and possibly the rest of your life too. You begin to watch hours of Netflix and consume excess amounts of unhealthy foods. You stop exercising. You struggle to get the proper amounts of sleep for whatever reason, there's a lot of them. You overwork yourself in caring for your child, for your family. You start to blame other people for how difficult it is and that you never get a break. Your health and the quality of your personal life begin to decline. All right, let's separate this all out. Um, into the circumstance, thought, 
feeling, action, and results. Okay, so the circumstance, the neutral part of this whole situation is your child's disability. Okay, the reason this is neutral is because it's not a problem for everybody in the world. Okay, there's a lot of people that aren't feeling all of the struggle and the negative feelings you're feeling about your child's disability, even when they know about it, even when you have family members who are interacting with your child. Okay, they're not feeling the same things you're feeling. They're not interpreting it the same way. So that's how we know this is the, the neutral thing. Okay, it's a person who has a disability, who, who does not have the ability to do what other people have to do. Okay, it's not sad, it's not devastating, it just is, right? If you removed all of the thought about it, it would just be something that happened, something that is. And that's how you can kind of figure out the circumstance from the thought is, would everybody agree that your child has a disability, meaning they can't do what the majority of other people can do? So yes, we can agree on that. Would everybody agree that it's absolutely devastating? No, because there are some people that do feel like disabilities can be superpowers because they enable you to do other things. They enhance other senses. Okay, there are those narratives out there about um, children that have disabilities. So you wouldn't put in the circumstance line, my child has a devastating disability. It would just be like my child doesn't speak. For example, that'd be the circumstance. Okay, the thought can be, um, in this situation, I will be my child's full-time caretaker for the rest of my life. There's the thought. How do you feel when you think that thought? Trapped, which is something that was mentioned. When you feel, when you feel trapped, how do you behave? In this example, you buffer away feelings by overeating, by overwatching, by overworking, which messes with your sleep schedule and your exercise and your uh, health. And the result is that you don't take care of you. You're not your own take care, uh, caretaker. In a way, you end up disabling, disabling yourself and lowering the quality of your life by the overeating, overwatching, overworking, right? And then you become sick. These are all the results of the actions you're taking. In doing so, you can actually decrease your ability to show up for your child because you've trapped yourself in poor mental, emotional, and physical health. Okay, those are the results. So now that you've mapped this all out, how do you start to feel better? Okay, and you start to feel better by changing your thinking around your child's disability. Okay, this is where you have the power to experience your child differently. It can change the way you feel, which can change the way you show up and act, which can change the results that you create in your life. When my brain was at a place where I couldn't even fathom not feeling trapped, I looked to people who had children with disabilities and were accomplishing their goals. They were doing what I wanted to do and had the life I wanted to have. And I asked them and I listened to how they talked and how they thought about their life and about their child's disability. I developed thoughts similar to those that for me created the positive emotions that I needed to take the actions I needed 
to create the life I wanted. I had to actually feel something. And that's a big key. This isn't saying something that you don't believe over and over and over again. This is thinking about or saying something you actually believe in, something that actually causes you to emote something like determination or purpose or love or gratitude. These are some of the main go-to emotions I have that help me get things done. And then every time that I was aware that I was feeling trapped, I would think that thought that I had intentionally written out and found, and that would help me feel how I needed to feel. Okay. When I really struggled with it, I would actually pull in physical aspects. So dancing for me is a great way to kind of break up that stuck mentality and that would help get it started if I couldn't do it by thinking alone. Really helped me to feel better. All right, so let's look at another model. Let's say an intentional model, something we're gonna create that's gonna show us a map to how to change the results we're getting in our life to, to so that we know how we can feel better intentionally. So the circumstance remains the same, which is your child has a disability. The thought that you could think, this is just one option, other moms have figured out how to live their life. Other moms have figured out how to live the life that they want and raise a child with disabilities. I can too. I can figure this out. From that, I feel determined. When I feel determined, I research options and treatments for my child's disability. I find respite care, whether that's trading, um, getting actual respite care through the state, finding programs that help my child that I am happy about where they can go and I've got a couple hours to myself to rejuvenate, right? I also would exercise, meal prep, sleep <laughs> when my child was at respite care. Okay, these are all the actions that can happen for you when you're behaving from the emotion of determination. Okay, just some options, and it'll look different for everybody. And then the results from those actions are a healthy body, rejuvenation, you got a break, you take care of yourself, so then you can take care of your child, right? And ultimately the result is you figure it out, which is the initial thought that you have, is that you're gonna figure this out, and then you do. All right, so now it's your turn. Take a situation in your life and start small, okay? Don't try to eat the whole elephant at once. Just take something small and walk through this process. Figure out what the circumstance is that's neutral. Everybody would need to agree on it, okay? Or you could prove it in a court of law or something like that, okay? It doesn't have a narrative to it. Then figure out what the thought is. What is the narrative? What is the emotion you're having because of that narrative? When you feel that way, how do you act in your life that creates the result that you have that you don't currently want, right? But you're creating it. If you do everything in this process and you really feel it, really find something, a way of thinking that makes you feel a positive way. And if you can't do it, find someone else that has, talk with them or listen to them if it's on a podcast or if it's on YouTube or something like that. Can I promise that if you go through this process, you will be a different person at the end of it. You will have experienced something that will bring up possibility for you. Possibility that you can feel better now. 
that your child's disability doesn't have to go away in order for that to happen. Your husband doesn't have to change in order for you to feel better. Your children doesn't have to change. Your financial situation doesn't have to change. But something that will change is you. And you are the agent for change in your life. Okay, that's how things work. All right, thank you for listening in today. I hope that you have a great week and I will talk to you next week. Take care.